welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voison, the host of Inside Personal Growth. And I want to thank all of my listeners who come from around the world to listen to the words of wisdom from our authors. And today, joining me from Maryland is Bill Cates. And Bill is the author of a new book called Beyond Referrals. Good day to you, Bill. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Greg. Thank you very much. Well, I appreciate having you on, and I appreciate you speaking about your book. And there isn't a person out there listening um, that isn't interested in finding and acquiring and getting new customers. And you're, as they say at your website, no one on the planet knows more about how to acquire high-level clients or customers uh, by word-of-mouth referrals and personal introductions in Bill Cates. Uh, Bill's international expertise has been established through his three books, as well as hundreds of presentations throughout the world. Bill's referral system has been featured in Success Magazine, Entrepreneur Magazine, Selling Power, and Wall Street Journal, and on his own business success has been featured on Money Magazine. He has his CSP designation. He's one of the top 10% of speakers in the United States. Um, Bill is also somewhat of an adventurer. He's reached the summit of Mount Kilimanjaro, trekked the Himalayans, camped in the Arctic Circle, and lived in a houseboat on Kashmir, and toured the country as a drummer in rock and roll band. Dude, you've been around. You've been around. I have. You know, I'd say the, the most dangerous was probably uh, being in the rock and roll band. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I have a good friend, Scott Densmore. I don't know if you know him or not, but uh, unfortunately, just the other day, he and his wife were climbing Kilimanjaro, and he was killed by falling rocks, and his wife lived. Oh, my goodness. Um, so that, oh, was, that, yeah. that was quite a... Um, Devastating news, and if you look up Scott on the in the internet, um, quite a, a young man and quite a thought leader in the uh, personal growth industry. So it was quite a, quite a loss. Quite a young man too, probably about thirty something years old. Uh, so with that note, let's switch gears here, though, because we Wait. really <laughs> want to talk to our customers. Yeah, we want to talk with our listeners here about. Um, you know, referrals and how you get and acquire referrals. And you speak about the top five referral mindset. Um, and, and so what I want to ask you is what are they and why is it so important uh, to the referral process? Well, it's important because we are all limited by our, our beliefs. We have mistaken beliefs. We have limiting beliefs. Uh, sometimes it takes someone else to kind of point it out to us. And so if we want to get more referrals and more personal introductions for our business or career, then we have to have the right thinking, the right beliefs, the right mindset in place. And so, for, for instance, uh, one of the mistaken, mistaken thoughts is if I just serve the heck out of my clients or customers, I'll, I'll get a lot of referrals. And that's actually partially true. And what I mean by that is there's a low actually studies have shown there's a low correlation between the giving of re, uh, a client satisfaction sorry and the giving of referrals in other words in the study only 70 uh, only 20 percent of the satisfied clients gave referrals in the preceding 12 months so 
so what do we need to do? Well, we need to create what's called engaged clients, and, and it's the engaged clients, and we can talk more about that, but someone who feels engaged with, with your values, someone engaged, who feels engaged with you as an individual, and then we have to be appropriately proactive to get to that point where we're getting referrals. So it's got to be referable. We've got to be proactive. For that. So that's one of the mindsets of limiting belief. Some people believe that asking for an introduction or a referral is risky, right? They don't want to look pushy. They don't want to look needy. And so that's a limiting belief because you can ask clients and customers to be introduced to other folks. You just got to go about in the right way. You just can't use the over-aggressive, pushy methodologies that used to be taught. Um, making a decision to build a business based on how someone wants to meet you, right? Just just knowing how would someone prefer to meet you and your business. Well, in, in most businesses, it's through the recommendation from someone else they already trust, right? They Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had to find a dermatologist for my daughter when she became a teenager, right? So I talked to neighbors, I talked to friends, right? It's the way of the world is meeting people through other people and the, the referral and these days the introduction is the warm way we get into their lives. So you're just making that decision to do that and, and being a giver of referrals, connecting other people as you give, you receive, right? So seeing yourself as a connector of others, helping people through connections, through giving, and then, of course, hoping, expecting, creating a dynamic where people give referrals to you as well. So it's all uh, about the thinking, the mindset, uh, and I guess one more is just the lifetime value of a client or a customer. What is the lifetime value? Well, it's certainly the business you can do with them over a lifetime, which uh, depending on the business you're in could be quite often can be substantial, but it's also who they can introduce you to over a lifetime. And if you don't have that mindset, that thinking going in, then you'll miss the opportunity. You won't see the connections because you're not thinking in those terms. It's really about the word awareness, and and awareness is a very powerful thing. And so having that referral mindset awareness makes a huge difference for us. Well, you mentioned in the book you met this financial advisor by the name of Steve Perlman. <clears throat> and yep. during this event, he provided you with what he referred to as the four T's of referral of referrals, which he calls tension, trust, time, and transaction. Can you explain uh, this? I I saw this in the book. Obviously, this is somebody who had been quite uh, adept at getting referrals. Uh, And this is a takeaway you took from from him. Yeah, and in fact, it's funny that you mentioned Steve, because I just had an email correspondence with him, and I owe him an email. So it's very funny. Um, Yeah, so basically... The way he articulated this is that um, that to to get referrals, you have to you have to be trustworthy, right? You have to earn their trust. It takes, in fact, it takes a higher level of trust uh, to um, to get a referral than it does to um, to make the sale, even. And so, to make the sale, we have to have a certain level of trust, right? Mm-hmm. And so what happens is when you when you start out on a sales call, if you will, for lack of a better way to describe it, um, that there is a certain level of tension in the sense that people don't want to be sold what they don't want. They don't want to pay more than what they don't want to pay, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a little inherent there. Um, and and then, of course, it takes time to to develop that trust, that trustworthiness, and, and, and create the environment where someone feels comfortable doing business with us. Well, what Steve showed is that, that when you work from a referral or an introduction, that timeline 
gets gets shrunk, it gets smaller. In other words, the time it takes to create that that feeling of trust, that juncture where people feel trustworthy uh, of you, uh, is is shorter. And so tension is less. Why? Because trust is higher. Time it takes less because you show up at a higher point of trust when you work from a referral or an introduction. In fact, the way to think about it is referrals and introductions are borrowed trust. We borrow the trust in one relationship just long enough to earn our own trust in that new relationship. And so that's what Steve's talking about is we come in at a higher level of trust. The, the sales uh, timeline gets shrunk down to a shorter period of time, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. What he he has a great chart in the book, by the way, for my listeners, and I highly recommend this book because this is something for anybody, any position, from CEO all the way down to the person who's answering the phone. Um, now, you you speak about the referability checklist, which uh, references if someone is referable or not. Now, what are the characteristics of somebody? who you re- would recommend is highly referable? Well, first of all, before I get into some of those specifics, uh, let, let's look at what, the, what a natural barometer of referability is. In other words, how do we know we're referable? Well, we know we're referable when we're getting referrals without asking for them. Mm-hmm. When people are talking about us, recommending us, the phone is ringing on occasion, uh, the email is coming in. Now, you know, that may not be enough to sustain and build a business, uh, some businesses, that word of mouth and that those referrals without asking uh, can be pretty substantial. For most people, we usually need a little more, but that certainly is a barometer. So is your initial process, is the initial process that you deliver to your your prospective clients, does that occasionally generate referrals? In other words, are you sitting with someone that say, you know, this is this is helpful. You should probably be talking to so and so, or you know, I, I have a colleague that should 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 hear what you have to say, right? So that's a sense that we're referable quickly, early in a relationship, and then of course we need to to build and maintain that sense of referability and engagement over time. And so uh, I have kind of a hierarchy, if you will, of this client engagement. And uh, you know, you've heard of Maslow's hierarchy of trust. Uh, well, mm-hmm. this is you know, Kate's hierarchy of engagement. And um, so the first level is uh, our initial process, as I mentioned. We have to have an initial process that brings great value. Uh, it's the initial process that will determine whether someone's going to work with us. It's the initial process that makes us referable as quickly as possible in the new relationship. Uh, the next level would be responsive service, right? We have to deliver responsive service. We have to solve problems well. We can't run away from problems. All that just the kind of day in, day out of, of serving a client, depending on, again, your business model. Um, and then we've got to keep bringing value to that relationship. If we don't keep bringing value to the relationship, then we're no longer necessary. There's no reason to be in touch. And so we need to find ways in our business, and every business is a little different, but how do we reach out to these people and can you continue to provide value to them, uh, even if it has nothing to do with what we sell, uh, or the or directly related to the service we render. Sometimes that value can can be ancillary. Uh, next level would be building uh, uh, business friendships, right? People, all things being equal, people do business with people they like. Uh-huh. All things not being equal, people still do business with people that they like, right? So, 
we can't discount that business friendship that develops, uh, and that's really the turbocharger to getting more referrals and introductions. And then ultimately, we create this dynamic uh, that I like to call advocacy. I didn't invent the word, obviously, but advocacy for you, for your business, um, where not only do they see your value, but they, they like you, they care about you, they want to help you. And so when someone introduces us to someone else, not only do they do it because they want to help that other person, but they also want to help us. It's, it's a very powerful combination. Uh, the prime reason people give referrals is to help other people through our value. They, they want to help a friend, a family member, a colleague. But a secondary and, and still very important factor is they want to help us as well. And when we can put those two together by forming the right kind of relationships and staying in touch in the right way, then we create that advocacy. Um, not every client or customer will become an advocate and act on that advocacy, but many will, and we want to tap into that. Yeah, I go, the whole element of fine-tuning how you get referrals in your process, I'm sure over the years you've seen as many processes about how people approach this, um, and you've, you've really kind of pulled the essence of all that together. One of them is through this book called Appreciation Marketing, which the authors talk about the speed at which our society is moving and the possible detriments it's doing to attracting and keeping clients. What are some of the things that you recommend to marketing and salespeople to slow down and create in this environment of appreciation? Yeah, that's great. Well, the two elements that I just talked about, the, the continue to bring value and building the business friendship is an element of that appreciation. In other words, uh, if, if we have that attitude of service, of appreciation, of, of bringing value, then um, you know it shows in a lot of different ways. And so we reach out to people. Uh, the, the guys who wrote the book, it's mostly about saying thank you, right? And they talk about thank you cards and and different ways to, to, to say thank you. Well, I think there's a, one way we say thank you is by bringing more value, right? One way we say thank you is by, hey, here's something else you might find helpful. Here's an article I wrote, here's a, or, or even found. Here's a, here's a blog post I just saw. Here's a book that I like. You know, I want a copy for you. So by combining that, that how do we keep bringing value to people, and then how do we say thank you in different ways, um, then that's what we call a sense of appreciation. And what happens is when we do it with our clients and customers, guess what? They'll do it with us as well. It's, you know, mm-hmm. What out there comes back to us. And So let me give you an example. Uh, Scott Miller is a financial advisor out in, in, in San Diego, and, and in fact, uh, your neck of the woods. And um, he, uh, he, he's a master at this. He's a master of appreciation and creating these wow experiences for his clients. And I don't think a week goes by, Greg, where I don't get an email from Scott just talking about how he showed appreciation and how he created a wow experience for another one of his clients or prospects. And I'll give you a specific example. So he was on a on a phone with a client. And, you know, his client's birthday was coming up on Friday. He said, you know, we'll call him George. So he says, George, you know, you got your birthday on Friday. What are you doing for your birthday? And he says, well, we're going out to cross town to Shea Expensive. You know, we go there every year. And and Scott says, well, I know that place. It's nice. And so uh, you go on Friday on your birthday. Yep, 730 reservation. Great. Have a wonderful time. Finally hangs up with the client, gets on the phone, calls the restaurant, has a bottle of wine waiting there for the, his client couple when they get there with a little note. 
you know, say thank you. Talk about that's a wow, right? So mm-hmm. two hours later, he's 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 with his family. He gets a call on his cell phone, and uh, you know, it's his client. Apparently, they had just enjoyed the bottle of wine, and they were calling him to say thank you for making it a special evening. So, you know, a client's going on a cruise, have something in their stateroom waiting for them. Uh, birthday, take them out to lunch, have them bring a few colleagues with them, and guess what? Now you've got introductions to other people, perhaps. So it, it's that combination of bringing value and saying thank you uh, that creates a sense of appreciation um, that we really do care about our clients. And um, we are in a world, as you know, of, you know, uh, of, of technology, where everything can be a little less personal if we're not careful. And if you think of the technology that's coming out these days that people are all get excited about, you know, I just learned about one this morning where it's called Blab, where people can kind of do a uh, kind of a Twitter video conference. It's all about trying to take technology and make it more personal. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the principles never go away. You know, LinkedIn, it's, it's one big uh, introduction machine. It's all based on creating introductions. Right. But the principles don't go away. You still have to be referable. They still have to like you. There still has to be that sense of engagement. You just can't use the technology. You know, you can't hide behind the technology. You need to, to, to just use the, the technology as just a tool for doing what you need to do anyway. Well, I know in the book you reference uh, send out cards and you also uh, speak about handwritten notes. And I know that one of my customary practices, I'm a baby boomer, uh, I still write handwritten notes. And it's interesting. I'll get people send me an email after I send them a handwritten note. They're sending me an email back thanking me for the handwritten note. Right. Um, So (laughs) interestingly, what's your kind of take on that as far as you know, using that technology like a send out card, and there's many of them out there, or, you know, the handwritten note. Yep. Uh, I use both. I do use send out cards on occasion. Uh, if, if people aren't familiar with that, it's just a way to, you know, electronically send a card to someone. You can load up your handwriting. I do that usually um, if, if it's kind of a low-level thank you and I want to send a little gift with it and I want to do it really quick and I might be traveling and they're like their brownies are really good. So I'll send a card with some brownies. It costs me about six, seven, eight bucks. And, and I always get a thank you for the brownies because they're delicious. Um, so I think it has its place. Um, but I'm also a believer in handwritten notes. So I'll give you another example. Uh, a colleague of mine, a great speaker, Chris Johnson, uh, On Target Living is his company. And he just gave me a great referral to a very large Fortune 100 company. And so I... Uh, sent an email to a mutual friend of ours. I'm just getting to know Chris a little bit. We're in a study group together, and I said to Brian, I said, you know, tell me about Chris's hobbies. What are his interests, you know, other than staying fit and, and eating well? Well, he's he's a golfer. He loves to play golf, and he's, he's a pretty good stick. And so I just, you know, went to my shelf, and I grabbed a box of Pro-V golf balls, Titleist. For those of you who aren't familiar with golf, they're really one of the top balls. And, and I sent it to him, and I wrote a handwritten note. And it said, thank you, you know, for thinking of me and the introduction, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I'm a big believer in customizing 
gifts to prospects, clients, referral sources, um, adding that, that personalization. Even though I use tools like send out cards, most of the time, if I'm buying a personalized gift uh, to say thank you for a referral or, or thank you for the opportunity to do business, um, even though I could have it sent straight from the website to the client or uh, you know, strategic partner, I'll have it sent to my office first. Uh-huh. So, it, so it then comes from me, whether we ship it out or I hand deliver it, because that personalization is what people really crave. And again, look at the technology. It's, it's all geared towards how do you make it look personalized? Well, some things will just never go away. Right, right. right. Well, one of the things too, Bill, is that um, it's all about authenticity. And I, I think more importantly, than just saying, well, I feel obligated to do this. It's really having the kind of clients that it's not about an obligation. It's about a true, sincere desire in your heart because you really like this person to go find a special little gift or go find them something. I think that goes a long way. Now, you you talk in your book about uh, this creating a culture of referrals um, and I want to know what you basically would recommend uh, about how to do that. How would our our listeners out there create this culture of referrals? Okay, good. So, um, yeah, getting referrals introductions is not just about asking for them. That is that is an element, uh, and it's an important one. But it's not the only element. It, it part of it is the mindset I just talked about, and there's two ways to think about this mindset. There's the individual mindset, and then there's the company corporate mindset. So, you know, depending on the, who, who I'm talking to right this second, they may be a solopreneur. It may just be them. They are the CEO, CFO, COO, EIEIO of their business. Um, or maybe it's someone who works for a larger company. So in, in um, there's this uh, concept that some of your listeners may be familiar with called Net Promoter Score, NPS. And Frank Reichheld wrote a book, a great book, by the way, called uh, The Ultimate Question. And basically what he says is the ultimate question that you want to ask your customers or clients is, would you be willing to recommend us, right? Would you be, not not are you happy, are you loyal, although that's important too, but would you be willing to recommend us to others? And I, I disagree a little bit with Frank in that while that is important and it's a great thing to ask, it's not the ultimate question. The ultimate question is, are you doing it? Are you recommending us? Can, you know, can we help you recommend us? Where a company or an individual decides to put some processes in place and, and a mindset, thinking processes, where they're creating this culture of introductions so, uh, and, and leverage Right, we got to create engaged relationships, and then we want to leverage those relationships. And we just don't wait around for the willingness to recommend us. We help stimulate that a little bit. Mm-hmm. It could be as simple as you know a car dealer taking a photograph with a client or the customer in a new car and suggesting they put it on Pinterest, or or or, or they uh, put it on Facebook. So it's it's encouraging that word of mouth. It's encouraging the introductions. It's coming to the table with saying, how do you feel about introducing me to your Uncle Ernie? I think I could be a good resource for him. Uh, It's the whole culture of that, the willingness to give referral. Saying to a a client, a prospect, uh, you know, if I, Greg, if I, if I, if I met someone, uh, you know, 
um, it was a good uh, a good candidate for your business. How would I know it? What, what would they look like? What would they be complaining about? And how would you like me to interest, uh, introduce them to you? So that willingness to create those connections, that's all what I mean by the culture of referrals and introductions. Mm-hmm. And it's a great thing. And I have so many questions for you, but I'm going to try and wrap up our interview here with a question which I think is is really important. And maybe we can do a part two to this. Sure, because, happy to. Um, we find that, you know, kind of li- our listeners have a time frame on, on these podcasts. Now, you mentioned that there's about, there's two great times to ask for referrals. One, when the excitement factor is present. And one, when the referral moment is there. Uh, how do we know when this is? And how can you help my listeners identify those moments and be aware that they're happening. Right. So the first is kind of the, the value recognized moment when someone recognizes the value. Now, someone can recognize your value before you even do business. They could say, hey, this is great. You know, nobody's asked me those kinds of questions before. You really got me thinking, right? That's a value recognizing statement. Uh, value recognizing statement is someone writes a check and the check clears, right? So there's all these things that, that customers and clients do and say that make us realize, oh, they're seeing the value. Maybe we are becoming referable. And we can step into that. That's that, that, uh, the leverage part is we can either promote referrals and say, great, you know, please don't keep us a secret, or great, I'm glad to see the value in what we're doing. You know, I'm never too busy to see if I can be a resource for other people you care about uh, so we can promote it. Or we can actually ask for specific referrals or introductions. Um, so one is being aware and looking for those opportunities. The other is actually asking what I like to call value seeking questions or having what we call a value discussion. So um, if, it's, if someone decides to do business with you, you say, hey, you know, I think you've made an important decision, a good decision, and I'm curious. You have a lot of people to choose from. What, what tipped the scales? What made you decide to move forward with us? Um, and then they'll tell you, and they're cementing their decision to work with you, and then they're espousing your value. Uh, could be delivery of a product or service. You know, we've been through a process to get to this point. Tell me the value feel you've gotten from the process. Uh, could be, you know, a review meeting a year into the relationship. You know, let's take a step back and just see how we're doing here, how we've been doing working together, anything not working, what is working. So it's that, that, that looking for feedback, checking in for feedback, study I saw showed that 40% of people who gave referrals gave because they were asked. 72% gave referrals because they were asked for feedback. That feedback, that value discussion is something that most businesses don't do enough uh, and, or they, they relegate it to just a, a questionnaire that they email or send in the mail uh, when there's so much value to do it in person or over the phone. And so those are the two basic places where we know that the value is there, and then we say, all right, let's see if we can leverage that to help more people. We're asking for help to help others. It's got to come, Greg, it's got to come from that place of knowing your value, appreciating your value. Your clients are now seeing the value. You want to bring it to other people. That's where it's got to come from, Uh, mostly from that. It can be a little bit about helping us, but it's mostly helping us help others. Yeah, it's it's so important, and I think what you said about taking the time to check in and do a scan, you know, I just call it a scan where you're asking important questions to really determine where the client is within the whole process of your 
if you're a consultant or whatever it is that you're doing for them, um, to understand more about them. And I would say that, you know, your statistic is extremely accurate. Um, I think people, people in general, salespeople, marketing people, they forget to do that. Um, I would say that does of extreme value for all my listeners. You know, the whole interview was worth that statement in of itself because it's a reminder. It's a reminder to everybody to do that. Um, Bill, I want to thank you for your time and your wisdom and knowledge and you're a real thought leader in this area. I can tell you have a real command of, of this uh, subject of getting referrals. And for my listeners, the book is called Beyond Referrals. Um, we're going to have a link to Amazon to actually get a copy of that book. I highly recommend it. He also, at the end of each chapter, puts these actionable items that you can do. And I think those actionable items are there to attempt to kind of distill the chapter down and to say, okay, great, these are some of the things that you can implement. And I always love that when those are there and available for people to kind of, you know, get the the meat and potatoes of each of the chapter. Uh, also, I'll say this book is an easy read. Um, Bill doesn't make it complicated. Um, uh, getting referrals at times can seem daunting because there's, I think, a fear factor in it. And I think Bill's bo book will help uh, our listeners remove that fear factor uh, and ask for more referrals and set up this culture of referrals. Any parting words for, for our listeners, Bill? Well, yes, and uh, two, two quick things. One is uh, you've heard me use the word introductions a lot, and that's kind of what the book is about. It's like not just the referral, it's turning it into an introduction, into a connection, because, uh, you know, if someone says, hey, I'll give George a call, you know, and great, you know, nothing, no proactivity, the connection doesn't get made. So we've got to get introduced. That's how we break through the noise. That's one thing. And the other thing is, Look, I know for some people it feels uncomfortable to ask for referrals or introductions, um, and it doesn't have to be, and that's just one element of making it happen anyway. So you can build a thriving referral-based, introductory-based business. You can do it without asking, and if you decide to ask, that will turbocharge it and do even better, and you can do that without begging, without pushing. This is a no-pushing, no-begging zone. There is a way to do it in a very professional manner where people actually enjoy helping you help others. Well, Bill, you definitely have this process down and can teach anybody, and I'd recommend everybody also. The website that you'd like to direct them to is? Sure. Uh, referralcoach.com. Uh, okay. Referralcoach.com. And, um, you know, my email is Bill Cates, not Bill Gates, Greg. We wish it was Bill Gates, right? Um, <laughs> but Bill Cates with a C uh, at referralcoach.com. So I welcome uh, your correspondence. Love to talk with you. Love to help you uh, uh, build a, a successful business. Thanks for being on Inside Personal Growth, Bill. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Greg.